As we prepare for this morning's scripture reading, join me in our prayer for illumination. Mighty God, the shepherds of old were full of your praises, saying that all that they heard and seen was mirrored by what they had been told. Move among us now with your Holy Spirit, that we too might hear and experience the wonder and joy of the living word as we seek to welcome the written word into our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Our lesson this morning is Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. Hear now the word of the Lord. Where do I start? Where do I start? Right here. Uh, where do I end? Like at the end of here? Yep. Every year his parents went to, what? It starts, every year, wait, what, where do I start? Right here. Jerusalem, what? Every year? Yep. Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him sitting. Wait, what? They found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. When he went down to Nazareth with them and was when he went then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, and was obedient to them but his mother treasured all these things in her heart and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men the word of the Lord In 16 years of ordained ministry, I've never preached on this particular text. And I love this text. Have you ever been left behind by your parents anywhere when you were kids? Did anyone ever leave you anywhere? Yeah, right? It happens. Now, I don't know about for three days, but uh, I grew up in going to the Morningside Reformed Church in Sioux City, Iowa. We had three different services on a Sunday morning. 
And Sunday school was kind of during the second of the three services. So during that switchover time, there are a lot of moving parts, people moving from one place to the next. My parents and my grandparents, we all went to the same church together. And it was not uncommon that I would ride home to my grandparents' house because every Sunday after worship, we would go there for Sunday dinner and a time of rest in the afternoon, which usually meant watching the Cowboys on a Sunday morning. Cowboys are on Sunday night tonight, so I can get a nap in today after church and not have to worry about it. So anyway, I digress. On this particular Sunday, my parents thought that I was going home with my grandparents, and my grandparents thought that I was going home with my parents. And so as I was having a donut and talking with someone probably, everyone left. And pretty soon, I kind of look around and I'm like, oh, I wonder where my parents are. I wonder where my grandparents are. And you look all around and of course, they are nowhere to be found. And so I think when everyone got back to my grandparents' house, they realized, oh, Chris is not with anyone. I knew the phone number, so I called from the church and got a hold of someone and said, hey, why don't you come back and get me? That was like 20 minutes probably. So imagine that Jesus is separated from his parents for three days and the panic that must ensue. Now to fully understand the context of all of this, realize that Jesus' whole like household community would have been traveling to Jerusalem for one of these holy days. So it would not have been uncommon for him to have been with someone else, which is the reason why it took three days for them to realize that, oh, Jesus is not here with us. And so they go to retrace their steps. Uh, they go back to the temple and they find him there and he is sitting there having an adult conversation with the teachers that are there. The very same teachers, by the way, perhaps, that he will go and ask questions of and have conversations with like 20 years after this takes place. So he's sitting there having a conversation and his mother, who was probably worried sick about him, comes up and says, Jesus, you had your father and I worried to death. Now the words that she uses there, your father and I are very important because how does Jesus respond? In typical 12-year-old fashion, he talks back to his mother. And he says, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? She responds right back. He responds right back to her with the same words. She says, your father and I are worried, and he says, I've been with my father this entire time. That's why the title of today's sermon is Tween Jesus. Now, I don't have tweenagers in my house yet. I'm hoping to maybe take a nap through that entire process.
free growth spurt tweens. Is that what you said back there, Henry? All right. Conversational today. This is good. So Jesus is sitting there, and, and he recognizes a reality that perhaps the rest of the community is not ready to hear when he refers to the heavenly father as father. Now, where does this come from with Jesus? Does he just wake up one day and go to the temple and, and magically and mysteriously have these conversations? Well, we don't have a lot of details from Luke or any of the other gospel writers about what these 12 years have been like. But if I had to guess, I would say that Mary and Joseph and the whole community of faith has done a good job of nurturing Jesus's faith and equipping him to ask the difficult questions of faith. Now in Bible school, I remember years when we would hear this story and then the punchline for the kids is always what comes right next, which is from that day on, Jesus went home with his parents and he always obeyed them. And that's the, that's the kicker for the kids. We send them home and say, see, Jesus obeyed his parents and so you should too. Go and do likewise. But I actually want to grapple this morning with what's nestled in there and something you might miss if you didn't read it again and again, which is what Mary responds with after Jesus has talked back to her. Luke tells us not only here, but in a couple of other places as well, that Mary treasures this in her heart. Now, one of the social media controversies of this Christmas season is over the song, Mary Did You Know? You know that song? If you were here uh, last Sunday for the pageant, Emily Kaiser played it on the piano and sang it. You know, Mary Did You Know is a song that is a question of Mary. Did you know that Jesus, your baby, was going to grow up to be the Messiah? Now, the controversy over the song is over whether or not Mary knew, yes or no. Some saying, well, the angel Gabriel told her, so of course she must have known. The answer is yes, Mary knew. And others say Mary couldn't possibly have known because no one knew. I wonder, though, if we're not maybe asking the wrong question of that song. Because as we know in the church, and as we know as parents, just because someone tells us something once doesn't mean it necessarily sinks in to us. People tell me things all the time that I either simply forget or just fail to comprehend, and maybe that happens to you as well. But what if in this Christmas season, rather than making up our minds today, yes or no, did Mary know this? And whether, rather than jumping to these conclusions and deciding once and for all about whatever it is, what if we took the place of Mary and instead pondered things 
in our hearts for just a few moments. You see, Mary, she, she takes in all of these experiences. Whether it's the angel Gabriel telling her that she is going to become pregnant even though she is not married, or whether it's her experience with her cousin Elizabeth when John the Baptist inside of her leaps for joy when Mary comes into the room and speaks, or whether it's shepherds showing up unannounced at the stable to visit her newborn baby, or whether it is strange magi from the east coming when the child is just a boy, or whether it's this instance of Jesus and his questions in the temple, after each one of these instances, what Mary does is she ponders these things. She treasures them in her heart. She holds on to them. She doesn't try necessarily to make sense of them or to understand them or come to a final conclusion about what her son is going to be. And I think I'm beginning to grasp and understand that experience. Right? When, our, when our kids are little, we have all kinds of plans for who they will be and what they will do. But as they grow, you see who they are begin to emerge and you see the impact that they can have on the world. But the sooner we realize that it isn't for us to decide, but instead simply to ponder and treasure in our hearts and contemplate what all of this might mean the closer we are to Mary's experience. So many of these stories from God's Word and so many of the things that happen to us in our day-to-day -day lives, we can miss the point because of our busyness, because of our hurriedness, or, or because of our intention that we must have it figured out. We must have the right answer about all of these different things. But my invitation to us in this Christmas season is rather than trying to have all of the right answers, perhaps we simply ponder these things in our hearts. Let them simmer. Let them ruminate in us and dwell deeply in us, that perhaps one day down the road, a day, a month, several years, we may look back on these things as I imagine Mary did and find the deep meaning that was present there, but that she could not possibly have comprehended in that time. I think if we take that approach to our faith, the approach that Mary took to ponder these things in our hearts, 
that we will find looking back on our lives the ways that Jesus was deeply in us. The ways that God saw us through and that God was faithful to us. And that that knowledge will then help us to continue to develop our faith for the future as well. So Mary, did you know? I don't know. But Mary did ponder these things in her heart. So let's do that too. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Almighty God, we thank you for these lessons from your word. For these lessons about the people who were around Jesus and how they experienced him and how we might be invited to experience him as well. So in this Christmas season, Lord, help us to ponder the things that we see, the things that we hear, the gifts you give us and the things that we experience that we might come to a deeper and fuller understanding of who you call us to be in this season. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're able to stand, would you stand with me now as we affirm our faith using an affirmation of faith known as our song of hope. People of God, what do we believe? Our only hope is Jesus Christ. After we refused to live in the image of God, he was born of the Virgin Mary, sharing our genes and our instincts, entering our culture, speaking our language, fulfilling the law of our God. Being united to Christ's humanity, we know ourselves when we rest in him. Jesus Christ is the hope of God's world.